I had just moved there a year before and then it just everything crashed in on me um, so for me you know just the the creative process became actually my healing process in recovery that was a in addition to other means of recovery programs and recovery support my my art life became this intimate way to learn about who I was and to kind of make sense of all of it and it took a long time to come to and develop my new way of living and um, and I, I wanted to support other artists. So I think that has been the driving force for me, is to support other artists who also um, are trying to find their way, find their identity. Oh, so beautifully said. Thank you. The artistry and how we live our lives. That's what it's about. This is a revolutionary act to me, like, like I said earlier. It's going against my DNA, and I, I get to live my life. You know, I get to be here and be present for it all. I'm going to make a suggestion for this week's episode. I've included a link to the film, The Creative Eye, and I strongly suggest that you take a minute, in fact, take two minutes, and listen and watch. And we are so honored to be being able to be ambassadors for The Creative Eye. Welcome to two this episode of Shreeponia's One Breath Podcast. I am approaching this with the anticipation of, of, of diving deep into a beautiful and powerful conversation with Adriana Marcion and Diane Griffin, who are the director and the producer of a film that we're going to be screening here in Bend, Oregon, uh, September 19th called The Creative High. And, you know, Diana, when you and I, or Diane, when you and I had a chance to talk leading up to this conversation, one of the things that, or it may have been a follow-up email, I said, I'm really curious about your stories. We'll get into the film, um, but I'm going to, uh, in fact, I'm going to use the very last words of the film to begin our conversation this morning because i uh, as i finished watching the film this morning i thought this is one of the most brilliant endings of a film that i've seen in quite some time and it goes like this maybe it's about pondering what cannot be answered the mystery and that was from one of the uh, people that you followed in this beautiful film of nine creative people, actors, musicians, painters, sculpture, sculptors. Um, and it ended with Kathy saying those words. Maybe it's about pondering what cannot be answered, the mystery. So I want to begin by asking each of you, what is the what what is one or two of those un, that unanswerable things in your personal lives that find you pondering? That's a great question, Greg. <laughs> um, Diane, should I begin, or do you feel like you have something right there at the ready? <laughs> 
Well, I do, but please go ahead. I'm fine with that. Well, we can also, Diane and I often do uh, a lot of back and forth because we've been working together for so long and been so immersed in this process. And I, I'm, I feel really moved, Greg, right away, just really actually a little emotional by you describing the film in such a clear and, and significant way and then naming that quote because to me the ending with Kathy is always it really um it has so much meaning for me and I think I guess I'm always if, just to be really simple I'm always pondering how creativity can support us in our lives you know how mm -hmm. how creativity can heal I'm always pondering that and working on that and supporting people with that question so that I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole with that, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. I um, are are you done, Adriana? Should I? Okay, Just jump right in, Diane. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to step on your what you're saying. It's really beautiful. Um, I guess what came well, what did come to mind for me is um, I thought of my husband who'd recently passed away, and you know, not knowing, you know, about our lives when they'll end. Um, and then I started thinking about my recovery, um, the unanswerable parts of, you know, will I be sober in 10 years or is my sobriety um, at risk in some way due to his death? Um, I haven't had those feelings, but when it was brought up, I thought of that immediately, I guess, because I... I recently have been reading a book and I really admire this writer who's in recovery. And then I found out after many, many years in recovery that he slipped at the end of his life. And I, I, maybe that's what brought it up. And I thought, how do I feel about that? I was really troubled by what I had read. Does that discount everything that he had lived for 40, 50, you know, 40 years of, of sobriety and and I thought, no, it doesn't. Um, no, it doesn't. And but I did have, and I do have problems with that sometimes because I myself has slipped, and that's how I ended up um, working a deeper recovery program. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I think of when when you said that. So the longer the longer we've been on this path of recovery, it is it is a mystery how why some of us continue to walk the path and why some of us after long-term sobriety make a decision to to step off and it it keeps it keeps it fresh for me that's for sure um i've recently had uh, a dear friend of mine i got sober at 56 years old up in seattle was part of a home group in 12-step that uh that was a group of about 60 men. And one of our brothers recently went back out and overdosed on opioids and isn't with us anymore. You know, it's like those, those are stories that are, that are all too common the longer you've been on this path. And, you know, what, what I was so struck with, with the film um, is 
the the realness of each of the people that you were able to portray and the question i had is how did you how did you become acquainted with each of the nine folks that that are featured and and are so courageous in sharing their stories where did you meet them um i think is is it lessa or lisa was 70 lessa. 70 days sober when she sat in front of the camera and was willing to share her story and it, and it's remarkable you know the depth that each of them were were able to uh to take us in their journey um where did you meet them how did how the hell did that happen well that was in itself a bit of a synchronistic coming together i mean i i was the one that brought um most of the artists in uh, because i it was the project I, I birthed a film and then diane came on as collaborator after it was in progress after we had sort of started filming and then she came in and brought it to a whole different level uh, but for me i already had known some of the artists. So there was a few of them and Kathy was one of them that I knew from my own recovery and that I'd known for years. And somehow it just, you know, was sort of sorting through like who would be good people to interview. And, and these few, Jason, uh, the sculptor and musician and Rolf, who's a punk musician and brilliant guitarist and, and Kathy painter, I knew them. So I asked them and they all were willing to give it a shot and tell their stories. And partly because they knew me, there was already an intimacy. Um, and Lessa was actually a student of mine. I'm, I'm a expressive arts therapist, a somatic movement dance therapist. And she had been part of a training I had uh, been teaching in. And, and I, I just was really touched by her story. We stayed connected and, um, and so she was willing to show up. And and then a lot of the other artists were just random connections, like someone Wes found through Facebook, someone sent, sent me info about Wes. And um, Brandon, I met through a hip hop artist that I connected to who was canvassing on the street. And um, so it was, it was a lot of interesting to synchronicities, but also deep connections that were already built that helped to form like I said, the intimacy of each interview. So, yeah. Yeah, I I was struck by their courage, the vulnerability, and the uniqueness of each of their stories. Uh, it was so, <laughs> and and what what was really beautiful is that that common thread of of uh, like waking up. Um, is is there and really really clearly told you know it's how how did you come how did the two of you come together and decide well let's let's do a film <laughs> how did that happen i mean it's it's so remarkable um have you known one another for a long time and then have you collaborated on other endeavors and other projects together well um I met Adriana through a mutual friend and we met each other. She was working with someone else at the time and we kind of went, hi, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And my other, our friend, our mutual friend was going, I think you guys would really work well together. <laughs> and so, you know, we talked, we briefly spoke and, and it just wasn't the time, you know. I love, you know, you can hear things when you're ready for them, you know, so much in your life, you know, even the, the trusting your intuitive um, senses around things. And I intuitively, so we ended up meeting again around a year later and then just were drawn in, you know, we were drawn in and we created an amazing collaboration. And I'm so grateful to work with Adriana on this and we continue to collaborate well together. And it, you know, it takes a lot of um, stamina and, and, and courage and care, you know, and you learn that I've learned that in 12 step, you know, how to, how to be in difficulties when they do arise and how sometimes difficulties are just taking us where we're afraid to go. And, you know, and that happens creatively too. You know, you get, it's a long journey with documentaries, raising money as we did during the pandemic. I don't know how we did it. I mean, Adriana was so great about, you know, she's she's very, um, how do I say, future. I love that part of her. Like today she was saying, we need to work on this for next year. And I was like, that's next year. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so good at, at, you know, doing that. And then we both have our skills and learn to work with each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, Diane, so just just a little framework too, Greg, um, to share with you and your audiences. Um, I came to the film as a arts therapist, as a, also a creative educator, teacher, and I had done one film before, so this was my second film, and and I had actually like started. The film had already been moving along, and I had a different producer who, um, for a variety of reasons. It, it fell apart. And so it was one of the first real challenges with the film is like, okay, we're in process all of a sudden, the, you know, he's, it's falling apart with him and I don't have the same support. And, and since I already knew Diane, it was like, we had a meeting and it was just so clear that she, as not only somebody who I felt like, okay, we both are in recovery, all that, all that, but she also has a breadth of experience with documentary because she's been making documentaries for over 25 years and so to have that experience and then also um just again like a woman team because my other producer was a man and there was just something about it that felt really dynamic and um was it, it just was the spark that i needed and that, that i think we needed together it was like it's like a fuel you know you you the collaboration is is in itself sometimes challenging but often like you motivate each other and so that um it took six years to make the film and it's been, oh, and it's been a journey distributing the film. So it's been a long road. And you two have been walking that out together that over that period of time. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So I had two friends that were, that made up a musical duo. I, I performed down at Pike place market in Seattle for a couple of summers and, and got to know some really interesting people. And uh, there was probably one of the most popular acts down there was a uh, couple of guys called Banana Fish. And they spent, you know, so much time together that they literally sought out like a marriage counselor to help them deal <laughs> Great. with that, you know, that creative, 
that creative juice sometimes gets, you know, a little frothy. How have you, how have you too, <laughs> how have you too navigated those moments where there's a lot of passion involved and a difference of opinion? Oh, Greg, that's a great question. I mean, that's the shadow stuff I mean, that we all have to contend with, with creativity. We also have our editor, Kirk Goldberg. The three of us worked really closely together and um, and we had a lot of charged moments with him. We had a lot of charged moments together. And, the, and then, yeah, different visions at times, different opinions. Um, also, just it's, it's so vulnerable. I think especially when you start bringing it out into the world. Um, we, uh, yeah, we've had some, we've had some moments <laughs> we had some moments. Uh, go ahead, Diane. <laughs> well, I want to say those moments too. What I feel for myself is, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty at times when you're creating and, and you get scared. You know, is this really how I feel about this? Is this how I want it to look? Is this, is this going to work out? And, you know, jumping off, I love, I love that tarot card where you're jumping off the cliff and you do that a lot creatively, you know, you're just jumping and hoping that, that this is going to work and it's, it's, it's going to be um, where you're hoping your vision will go. And, and um, yeah, so I think some of those difficulties that we have have to deal with that too, you know, the creative process itself. And I feel like how we work through it too is I, I mean, I attached to some things um, and I felt they, that I needed to, but at a certain time you have to let certain parts of that go, you know, and what are you willing to let go of? Um, yeah. So. And the editing process is, I mean, the editing process, I think is part of what you're talking about, Diane, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just feeling so. I mean, I remember it, there was one time when I, where I'm like, no, you know, we all did that. No, no, this is not this is not going to happen. But, you know, one thing that we brought in, there were some messy elements that we brought in. And I'm so glad we left those in. For instance, we specifically bought a phone for Brandon and wanted that kind of rough footage that we look at all the time. We are viewing the world through these cameras, um, through Zoom and all these other elements of communication that we see daily. And so we wanted to incorporate that, see, you know, to see what we're seeing um, in the documentary. And I think that adds a lot of intimacy to the piece, especially with Brandon, because he lived in Santa Cruz. And we couldn't see him a lot. So we were like, what are we going to do? And we came up with this concept. And I don't think our editor at first, he wanted to make it all kind of slick, you know, and I'll just use one example that isn't so charged. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, um, that wasn't so slick. And he kind of wanted to take it there. And we were like, no, we like it rough, you know, leave that swing in, you know. It's not so focused here. That's okay. That's, that's, that's it. You know, I went to go see some artwork yesterday and it was all about, it was so perfect that I didn't feel the artist in it. And I think sometimes in, in that kind of search for perfection, you lose the elements of your creative process, you know, that creativity of who you are, 
who you are trying to put it onto this, uh, whatever it is. And I felt that in the work and I was really distanced because of it. Like, show me, I know in rugs, the weavers will and traditionally leave a little place so the spirit can come in. You know, it's kind of messy there. It's got some little demon or something at the side. And I, and I, <laughs> I, I really think that's what it's about, you know, like, let me in because I'm messy at times too. You know, we all are. Well, there for, is me, a, for, I, for, for me, that was, that was part of the power of the film is that it was presented it was it was everyone's real life that you were capturing their life as they lived it without needing to you know scrub it and and make it make it perfect yeah there were uh, the scene with uh let me see it was the gentleman uh with lewis yeah, Louise. Yeah, Louise. Yeah, Louise. Yeah, yeah he, mm -hmm. you know, his 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 story was powerful, and what mm -hmm. he, what he overcame, what he walked through, you know, what he what he continues to experience in his life. Yeah, I I I wouldn't say that you spent any time, like trying to rearrange how you were presenting each of the uh, individuals' lives to like have it be prettier than what what it is mm -hmm. yeah because if if we're gonna if we're gonna present the world with what recovery looks like yeah i i don't know anybody that is walking the path of recovery that has a pretty life <laughs> it is messy it, yeah, it's, it's it a is great messy. point it's yeah. a great point and i think too that interesting that yeah i love this going in this direction and and part of I think Luis is a great example because he was just bouncing all over the place. You know, he, he, he was still seeking recovery in so many different ways. And I mean, when I first met him and I met him through a mutual artist friend and Peter euphoria as well. Um, when I first met him, he sent me, we were in a chat together and he sent me a picture of him, like I think on the toilet or something. And I was like, who is this guy? What am I getting into? You know? And then I met him and he just was so sincere and so real and, um, and, but just has this wildness about him. And we just love the fact that it opens with Luis. You really get to see his vulnerability, but also his strength and his creative process. And um, yeah. And, and also, you know, just just the idea. I mean, I, I think that Diane were and I was talking about how you know, through the process of creating how messy it can be, that it's part of our experience behind the scenes as well as what you see in front of the scenes. And the good news is recovery is the base. Like mm -hmm. for me, what got me through those moments was I had a recovery program mm -hmm. and I was able to lean in and do the things I do to get myself back to whatever ground I needed in the moment to keep going. Yeah. I, I sat with, uh, someone yesterday. They are 38 years old. Now they got sober when they were like in their early twenties and they, they were, they were talking about their path of learning what it is just to learn how to stay, to show up and mm -hmm. stay when things are a challenge 
because it is, you know, it's pervasive in our culture that things should be easy. And if they're not, then we move on to something new. You know, Hafiz, the Sufi mystic talks about counterfeit coins. You know, we reach out, we take hold of the counterfeit coins and then we're dragged for days through the desert. You know, it's, um, so how, and that's what, I, that's what I saw expressed so beautifully and powerfully, like with Luis, what he walked through and then the expression of his art, you know, with the, with the body paint and the, and the, you know, being it, the, just, there were some scenes that you captured the expression of his journey in his art that was so perfectly like, this is, this is what he's lived in, in his artistic expression of that was like, whoa, so powerful and raw. <laughs> Yes. So, yes. Yeah. He has a very, he, he's, I mean, since for me, what I love to do and support people with is find a way to channel that personal fuel, the things that are happening inside, you know, the stories, the emotions into some kind of artistic expression as a, as an art therapist. And he wasn't coming from that orientation at all. Actually, nobody except for Lessa was in the film, but the way that he could translate you know, his, 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 well, you heard his story, part of his story and the way that he was transforming it, working it out through his art, just again and again, just stunned, stunned me. And he yeah. changed so much through the process. And, you know, Diane might want to jump in there because that that's a big part of it is like watching the artist change through the process of the filmmaking. Um, yeah. I want to go back to what you said too, about staying, you know, staying with yourself and, for me, I work a meditation and recovery program because I slipped after 14 years. Mm. And my, you know, my sponsor said, I think you need to work this um, spiritual side a little more. And so I, I followed direction that time <laughs> <laughs> and ended up reaching out to a bunch of different centers, Buddhist centers, different kinds of things. And then I ended up at the San Francisco Zen Center um, in their meditation and recovery program and really didn't like the Zen Center. You know, they weren't friendly, like, come on in. You know, they were like slowly opening the door, you know, <laughs> what do you want? You know, um, but there were things about it that I liked. And one of them was learning to stay with myself. I mean, I come from generations of addicts and it's against my DNA to stay. Um, you know, my addiction was about, I can't be in this moment. It's too painful. I got to leave. Um, I can't deal with this emotional states. I don't even know what some of these, you know, I had a frozen emotional states and that they, they be, still are arising and I'm glad of that and I can allow them to arise. But what I wanna say is that sitting with myself has been revolutionary in my recovery, that all these thoughts can appear and I don't have to attach to all of them. I can watch them. I don't have to invite them in for tea like they say um, in meditation. They are not invited in for tea, a lot of them, <laughs> but sometimes I do. 
and I need to go, I guess, that journey, you know, wherever it takes me, it happens. But, um, you know, and also that learning, you know, learning that, sitting with that, learning to have patience with myself um, and, and build stamina and, and, you know, tame the mind, tame the mind. The mind is, is, is going all kinds of directions. And, and, and right now in this interview, it's going in a few directions, too. <laughs> you know, um, and that's that's just the way it works. But back to Luis, I want to say too that Luis in the opening, we were so drawn to his dance. I mean, it just blew us away when we were witnessing it. And um, he danced for I don't know five hours. He said it's the longest that he had ever danced continually. I mean, he was continually dancing, and we had all these cameras on him. I mean, it was. It was fantastic. Um, that was the opening scene. That the opening scene, Greg. Yeah. That that was, and then the the closing yeah. scene of his of his story as well that we brought it in. Yeah, I you know with, I do want to give a shout out to Kurt Goldberg because yeah. the edit on this film, I mean, right from the beginning and bringing the the images for us to begin to get acquainted with every single person that we were in, eventually introduced to we 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 were able to like get a flavor and a feel for who these people were before they ever said a word on camera and then throughout the film uh just just the uh the, the the different images that were captured even on b-roll with the fog rolling through and the just it created such a power it was all just really beautifully done and the story got told through um throughout the entire film with the b-roll and and also what was happening on camera so you know to to kirk's credit <laughs> whatever you guys had to go through in order to bring this <laughs> to bring this to the world you know way to go for the three of you and i'm sure there were others involved um but thank you for being willing to stay yeah, and and, right. see, and see this through yeah i yeah we did it despite all the odds against us and you know there are moments too where we wanted to put the pause you know in those moments where the landscape opens up like your life is more it's more than that it's it's a larger picture and that's we wanted to include that in the piece and pause without without words you know these emotional places these feelings that arise and give it its space and that's what we wanted to do when we incorporated those those openings like that and we chose to use San Francisco as just a metaphor, really, of, of what we were trying to convey. But we do, you know, I, I do love San Francisco, despite what the press is saying about it right now. <laughs> and Diane was, I mean, like you said, you said it really well, Greg, where it was, we, the three of us really, I mean, Kirk was the main editor, but we worked so much as a team and we had Mm -hmm. made a lot of decisions together and sitting in the editing room hour after hour. Uh, and Diane was really the one that spearheaded bringing all those drone shots in. And, you know, she was really, she really 
sold me on that. And, and then I think that that becomes a whole other dimension to the film. And um, I also want to credit Kirk for the music, because I know you're also a musician, Greg, that um, yeah. Kirk and I also work very closely on the music, but he, he is a, he, he's a previous he had been a dancer in a previous life and he loves music. And so the, you know, his rhythm. And then we worked so hard on the music and the soundtrack as its own, again, another of its you know own aspect that really brings the film out in this dynamic way. Well, yeah. and so much of the music is from the, the cast, so to speak. It's, it, it is. is, it is their music brought to life. And it's like, wow, this is, it was so great to mm-hmm. to have that incorporated um, as such an essential part of the story. Really, really beautiful. So yeah, it really is. Yeah, it was a lot of work that went into that. Um, I was working on the contracts a lot, and I was like, "Please, not one more piece of music." And sure enough, <laughs> they would bring in one more piece of music. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> And Adriana sure. would convince me it's just one. I mean, it, it's just a yeah. short little piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Ralph and Wes were lobbying for just one more piece of their of their work. <laughs> well, there really was a lot of back us. and forth. Yeah. They really trusted us with with all of those decisions, which I'm really grateful for. Yeah, you yeah. know that that took a lot of trust from on their part. Hmm. Yeah, and Ralph's music. I mean, he. We use a lot of his music, obviously in his section, but then we also used it as our closing with the credits, one of his songs that we all loved. And um, yeah, it just, it was it was really fantastic to get all these artists to bring their music to the piece. And a lot of the other, a lot of the other pieces that aren't the artists work, the music pieces are a lot of artists in recovery. So, I mean, it's, it's just the whole film is, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the film team and then obviously the artists and then you know, a lot of background creators, just, just so much recovery influence, which I love about it. You know, it really yeah. shows and highlights what we well, can do. Jason, the sculptor, uh, you know, the first thing we are introduced to is him sitting with his acoustic guitar and <laughs> it's it's stunning, you know, yeah it just it just creates so much depth and richness to the fabric of mm-hmm. the film it's really incredible thank you um, so how when you when you're working on a project for those of us and i don't know if we wanted to want to do a lot of technical discussion about the production of the film but i am curious You know, those of us that have sat and watched credits roll, we see the director. We always see the name of the director. We always see the name of the producer. And then if you wait around long enough, you get the dolly grips and you get the, you know, you get the other players involved in the production of a film. Mm -hmm. But how, how does, you know, I think, I think I do want to ask this question because it's a metaphor for life. How does the producer and the director, how do you relate to one another? And what, what do you each bring to, to the creation of a film in this creative process and maintain your sovereignty and individuality as well? Well, 
Um, I'll start out. Um, this is my third feature that I've collaborated with other women. I love collaborating with women. And um, we shared both producer and director. Um, but with Adriana, it was different. But we both collaborated on, it was really a different experience. It's not a traditional way what we did um, because um, I, you know, work creatively um, throughout the film and Adriana worked on producing things throughout the film. So we really just kind of, you know, melded those. I don't find that it's traditional, although it does work. And I've known other people where it works. But that was one thing we really, you know, we had to constantly kind of reevaluate and talk about and come to terms with. And um, how is this going to work, you know? Um, and and it, it got difficult at sometimes, but we continued to collaborate in that way just because of the nature of who we are also, I, I believe. And it, it worked for us. You know, in the end, it worked for us. And I think the film is better for it. Um, we both had our strengths and, and we brought them to the front. Um, and each of us allowed that to happen after some discussion sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot, of, yeah. a lot of back and forth. Yeah. I mean, I think Diane said it. I, I think she said really, I think she said it so, so well. Um, part of why I have the director credit is because I, you know, I, I initially came up with the idea for the film and it's so much about my life's work because I've been working with art and recovery for over 20 years and it's really where my passion is. Uh, but in the end, and, and you know, again, we did have to do a lot of like renegotiating and talking about it and figuring out like what works best. And, and Diane, because she had so much more experience, I kept pushing for, you know, this is a collaborative effort. And I think that, when my ego would get in the way or, you know, I, I, I like, oh, I want more intention or I want that, you know, I want to be named that way or, you know, had to kind of contend with some of those things along the way. And, and again, my recovery program and our really honest discussions about, Hey, you know, that kind of stepped on my toes or, Hey, let's, you know, we don't want to give up on this project just because we're, you know, having this kind of, you know, struggling with our own egos or whatever you want to call it, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, what a dance, what a, what a dance it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you related the dance that you've, that you've entertained with one another, that, that your recovery has informed your ability and capacity to be able to move through those things. Oh yeah. yeah Absolutely. I, I, I don't know how I would be walking in life today had I just, let's let's say I just managed to stop using a, a particular substance or two and just went on my merry way into life. Mm -hmm. I, I think my life would be drastically different than what it is today. And I feel that that recovery, that really engaging in the spiritual principles and in the community and in the life of community and fellowship has informed who I have become and who I continue to get to become. And how, how would you respond to that in your own life? 
Oh, I mean, you know, when I sat in the rooms, I came into recovery after an all night party. <laughs> and she, after we're walking on the beach, she's like, well, do you want to go to an AA meeting? I'm like, well, no, um, but I'll join you. And so I walked into the room and I sat down and I heard the share, heard the stories. Let's just put it that way. And I knew that this is where I belonged. I was, I, I, and that was it. I was lucky. That was it. But I did slip after 14 years and had to work it in a deeper way. But I was just so blown away by the honesty and people willing to share this secret stuff that I had been thinking I'm so defective <laughs> that I've got to hide it all. And the pile just keeps getting bigger and bigger and I need a drink to deal with it or whatever. You know, I have a lot of addictive behaviors in many different areas. Um, so the, that was, and you know, eventually sitting there with myself, with the room, I healed a lot of my family issues, seeing people come in, men, older men, my father's age, who I, I didn't, he died young, I never really got a chance. But hearing that, I, I mean, I love it. There's people that are in their 80s. This is, I've always wanted to be sober and I'm going to do it now, you know? And I'm like, wow, just don't give up on your life at 80 years old. I hope I have that, you know? I hope I can bring that into my life, still wanting to learn and grow and be more of who we are, right? That's what the program has done for me and meditation. You know, I'm, I'm there because I want to learn, you know, the authentic, the true self to show up for that. And what is that? Well, it's constantly unfolding. You know, you're seeing parts of it in this film we made. Yeah, that was beautiful. Well, I, that was beautiful. Diane, sorry, I just jumped in. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> I'm jumping in. Um, I want to just speak to being an artist before I came into recovery and what you said, Greg, um, around you know how to, it would have been so different if I had tried to have an artistic life and without coming into recovery. And I came into recovery when I was 24, so I was I already had I. I had about a seven year run with drinking specifically just drinking was my drug of choice. Um, and, and I went to art school and I had been photography and that was my, my, my love was photography. And I thought I was going to have a career in visual art and photography. And then when I got sober and kind of hit the skids, I had to really reframe everything about my life, but also about my creative life. And I was not able to really function in the same way at all. I mean, I just couldn't do the same things that I did. I couldn't socialize with the same creative people I had been socializing. And I got sober in San Francisco. Like I, it was, I had just moved there a year before and then it just, everything crashed in on me. Um, so for me, you know, just the, the creative process became actually my healing process in recovery. That was a, in addition to other means of recovery programs and recovery support, my my art life became this intimate way to learn about who I was and to kind of make sense of all of it. And it took a long time to come to and develop my new way of living and um, 
and I, I wanted to support other artists, you know, so I think that has been the driving force for me is to support other artists who also um, are trying to find their way and find their identity in recovery or with mental health issues, uh, because it was so, it was such a vital part of my recovery. And the film really, I think just is like my, you know, again, is, is, it's just this incredible thing for me to be able to have out in the world as a culmination of so many years of working at this. This has been just such, just such a beautiful conversation. Um, I, I really appreciate both of you like showing up and, and just so joyfully and freely sharing your experience of making the film, but more importantly, bringing who you are in life to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've found that that is, you know, that, that gets to be our greatest gift. You know, we've been given something and we get to be a gift and a contribution. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just want to say thank you both so much for so freely and joyfully and creatively doing that with us. You know, I'd like to ask just, um, either something from the film that you can share or something significant and poignant that, that you would want to share with those, uh, you know, in, in our audience that are wondering about their life, wondering about, wow, what direction should I go and how the hell do I make the right decision? Well, I, the first thing that jumps out at me when you ask that, Greg, is is about how we deal with the creative blocks that come along and that so many people I know are struggling to try to find their creative voice and are trying to figure out how to get through the, the inner critic or the fear of failure or this idea that, um, you know, I'm not really an artist and one of the things that you know bringing the film and having these different artists speak is that they're they're all giving their own take of that and and they're all speaking to a lot of obstacles along the way but also like successes and and being being really authentic about what's happening in their lives and um i i just always want to try to help people to know that we're all in the same boat i mean there's no magic pill or no magic bullet to create and it's just about showing up and and that there's a lot of I think support and encouragement and so um, I just always want people to seek out resources if the film could be a resource if Diane and I could be a resource um, to know that their creative voice is important and and it's we need it we need artists and creators and and people in recovery out of recovery to um, to really share what's what's inside and bring it out, you know, in, in creative form or in any kind of expression. Yeah, thank you, Adriana. That was so well said. Um, I want to just mention a quote that I love. Adriana's heard it a few times, Adriana. I'm sorry, but it's um, from John Dido, John Dido Laurie on Zen and Creativity. The creative process is like a spiritual journey. It's intuitive, non-linear, and experiential. It points us toward our authentic nature, which is a reflection of the boundless creativity of the universe. 
And um, for me, being in the being in recovery, um, learning to be with myself, sit with myself, sit with others, you know, know that I'm not alone in this process, having community, the Sangha members, other members that work recovery, that it's it just helped my creative process so much, trusting that process. You know, sometimes it's hard because um, you're going into unknown territory, but when you learn to, to, to travel in there, you know, you, you can go further and, and you can show up more. And that's what we did foremost. That's what recovery did for me. Mm. The rest is just icing. You know, that's what I, I love it when old timers say. It's just icing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that intuitive, you know, trusting that moment. Okay, this is, this is something I'm going to take in, or this is something I'm going to capture on a phone, or, or, you know, how are we going to do and, and And then, you know, learning how to, to be there with it. And I think waking up to that is is just what what recovery has allowed me to do, and and lots of other people I know, including you know I think Adriana would say that too. Something comes to mind that I that I want to encourage, and I and I don't like to be the last word, so I'm not going to let okay. it be the last word. But it, it brings something up for me to encourage our listeners, the people that are listening to realize that they don't need to have an instrument in their hand. They don't need a paintbrush or a sculpting chisel. Um, they don't need to necessarily know how to dance or sing, but the, but being a creative person, being an artist is like creating, being becoming conscious and waking up to the fact that our life, yes. my life is my work of art. Yeah. And it is, it is me living in this world in a creative way. If I choose to like be awake to that. So, so that I'm not the last word, I'm going to let that open up maybe something that you can each share uh, as we get ready to bring this to a close. Oh, so beautifully said. Thank you. The artistry in how we live our lives. That's what it's about. This is a revolutionary act to me. Like, like I said earlier, it's going against my DNA and I, I get to live my life. You know, I get to be here and be present for it all. You. One of, one of my, um, one of my past classes I taught, this was at the beginning, this was back, I think in 2000, when I, one of the first two things that I, I offered to people in recovery when I was learning how to be a teacher and all that. And I called it recreating ourselves. And, and that, that just popped into my mind because it was this idea. And I think what you both of you just said is, is that the recovery process is this opportunity to create a new life that we get to learn who we are in this whole different way. And, and that bringing the creative process with us, can be an illumination, it can be this guide, but we don't need to be creating in a formal sense. There's all sorts of ways that just by our choices and again, like the way we live our lives, like Diane said, uh, that to me is, is really, it's so incredible to watch how people change, how we change. Yeah. 
It's, it's, it's very emotional even bringing all this in for all of us. Feels very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both so much. Adriana, Diane, thank you. And I would like to make sure that you both promise me that we get to do this again. <laughs> yes, let's I'm do so, it. I love that. I'm so let's lit. Do it more. So again and lit. again. I'm so lit right now. It's so good. And I, I it's just, the creative high. <laughs> it is Hi. the creative. It is the creative high. That's <laughs> being in the listening and the sharing is it just is it's where the juice flows. And I'm oh, so I'm uplifted. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. Thank thank yes. you both. Holding so, it for us. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Wonderful, yeah, and, wonderful questions. And we are so honored to be being able to be ambassadors for the Creative High. Oh, thank um, you. Just, it's such an honor. After watching it a couple of times, it's it is it's time for this film to be like in the world and really vitally communicating this powerful message. Mm, thank so, you. Th thank you both. Yeah. Great to be here. Yeah. We'll we'll touch base again soon. All that right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, again, yeah. thank you both. Thank, thank you, Greg. This is wonderful. Just wonderful. Oh All yeah. Right. Great interview. Loved it. Excellent. Did a great Excellent. job. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. One of the best. It yeah. just is. You know, is I, like like we had talked about what questions. Yeah. I, you know, I have, I, I have trying, found, I yeah, I, I, I just, in my experience in life, it's sitting down with our hearts open yeah. and, and, and a listening ear and a willingness to be a contribution. And it just doesn't get any better than that. You know? <laughs> it does. It's intuitive. It's intuitive. Dave. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, All right. Take you. care. Have a great thank, day. Thank you both. Thank okay. you. Wonderful. Bye -bye. I feel this day is just like, can't get any, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs>